0: Hello and welcome to the Daily Bible Reading Show. Uh, Today, I thought I'd read you an old article I wrote on the passage you're reading for this morning from Exodus chapter 24. I wrote this 10 years ago. So I'm going to read the passage, Exodus chapter 24, and just read to you um, this really old article I wrote on that passage. So this is Exodus chapter 24. Then he said to Moses, God said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. Moses alone shall come near to the Lord, but the others shall not come near, and the people shall not come up with him. Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the rules. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and 12 pillars, according to the 12 tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord and moses took half of the blood and put it in basins and half of the blood he threw against the altar then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people and they said all that the lord has spoken we will do and we will be obedient and moses took the blood and threw it on the people and said behold the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven of clearness and he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel, they beheld God and ate and drank. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, that I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up, into the mountain of god and he said to the elders wait here for us until we return to you and behold aaron and Hur are with you whoever has a dispute let him go to them then moses went up on the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain the glory of the lord dwelt on mount sinai and the cloud covered it six days and on the seventh day he called to moses out of the midst of the cloud now the appearance of the glory of the lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of israel moses entered the cloud and went on went up on the mountain and moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights so i've called this uh, blog piece when I wrote it 10 years ago dinner with God dinner with God last night at rock fellowship we came to the concluding concluding section on the giving of the law at the mountain of God the Israelites had been saved from Egypt and were now gathered at Mount Sinai where God spoke to them from the cloud of smoke and fire from this event we get the Ten Commandments, God's own word to Israel on how to worship Him and live as His chosen people. We also get the Book of the Covenant, verse 7, a series of case laws applying the Ten Commandments in the context of everyday life. Here, we find instructions on social justice, care for the poor, and fairness, in the law courts so moses reads these laws out to the whole assembly and everyone responds with verse 7 we will do everything the lord has said we will obey but that's not enough what we have in chapter 24 is a signing of the agreement like any contract, as when, you buy, when you're buying a house or signing up for a new mobile phone plan, after the terms have been made clear, the contract has to be sealed and signed. To be clear, the people of Israel didn't initiate this agreement with God. The unique thing about this contract, or covenant as it is referred to in Exodus, is that God sets the terms. He spells out the benefits and offers them to Israel. With other gods, the people chased after these idols, offering their allegiances and seeking after their benefits. With the God of the Bible, he pursues us and offers us the blessings of salvation. But as I said before, it isn't enough for us to simply say, yep, you know, it all looks good. I'll go for it. The contract needs to be signed and sealed. We see this happening, happening in Exodus chapter 24 in three stages. Through sacrifice, through sprinkling, and curiously enough, through supper. <laughs> so the first point, sacrifice, and this is verse 4. Moses then wrote down everything that the Lord had said. He got up early the next morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up 12 stone pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young Israelite men, and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as fellowship offerings to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it in bowls, and the other half he sprinkled on the altar. The altar, which I often like to think of as a really large barbecue pit, uh, the offerings and the bowls of blood were all symbols and reminders of death. This was not an agreement to be entered into lightly. The penalty of breaking the covenant was death. That thou shalt not of the Ten Commandments were an echo of the very first warning given to the very first man, Adam, in the garden. You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you shall surely die. Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. Yet, death serves not simply as a reminder of what will happen, but what has already taken place. All the blessings Israel would receive came through death. Remember, the ten plagues in Egypt. Remember the Red Sea. God poured out judgment on Pharaoh, and it was as a result of that judgment that Israel was set free. The New Testament uses the analogy of a will to describe how we inherit the blessings of God through the death of Jesus. This is Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 16. In the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it because a will is in force only when someone has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. That is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. Notice, how the author to the Hebrews emphasizes how necessary it is for the death to take place. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. Then he immediately draws a direct reference to Exodus chapter 24, the first covenant signed with blood. Meaning the sacrifice is not simply a stern warning against breaking the covenant, rather it's a certain guarantee. Of the fullness of that blessing all of God's promises have been paid in full through the death of the person who made that promise God himself so that's the first point this sacrifice second point sprinkling sprinkling and this is Exodus 24 verse 8 Moses then took the blood sprinkled it on the people and said this is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. This is the blood drained from the animal sacrifice on the altar. But verse 6 reminds us that half was sprinkled on the altar, the other half was sprinkled on all the people. The book of Hebrews, again, helps us understand that this sprinkling is a symbol of cleansing, of purification, and of forgiveness. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 19 and verses 20 and 22. Let me read it to you. When Moses had proclaimed every commandment of the law to all the people, he took the blood of calves together with water, scarlet wool, and branches of hyssop and sprinkled the scroll and all the people. He said, this is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you to keep. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. God is a holy God, meaning he cannot tolerate sin. God is also a just God, meaning he will judge and punish all who are sinful. Yet, God is a loving and compassionate God who forgives the sin of His people and calls them into His presence. The blood of the sacrifice reminded Israel that they were sinful. They were not better or more righteous than the other nations. Again and again, Israel had rebelled against God and they deserved His punishment of death. Yet, this blood was sprinkled on the people to make them clean, to make them holy and acceptable before God. When we read this yesterday, some of you said, That sounds silly. How can blood cleanse us? Won't it stain our clothes and make us look less clean? You would have spots of blood <laughs> all over us. And that's the point. God sees the blood. And that is the basis of our purity and acceptance. To be cleansed by the blood is to be forgiven by God. It means our sin has been paid for. It means we can enter into God's presence without any fear of judgment and every confidence of His blood. This is Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. So that's the second point, sprinkling. Now last point, supper. And this is Exodus chapter 24, verse 9 onwards. Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of sapphire, clear as sky itself. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God, and they ate, and drank. This picks up from the beginning of the chapter in verse one, which is an invitation. God is inviting Moses, To join him in the mountain he tells Moses to bring certain guests Aaron and his sons together with the 70 elders these are representatives of all the people of Israel the elders as leaders of the community Aaron and his sons who would later be established as the line of the high priests in the tabernacle representing the people to God through worship and sacrifice yet there are boundaries their boundaries. Moses alone is to approach God. The rest must stay back, verse 2. Verse 11 reminds us how serious it was for the leaders to see God. Well, they, they saw that it was God. What they saw was a deep blue tile flooring symbolizing the heavens in which God dwelt and not be struck down. It says God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. You know, everyone else in the community still could not come near the mountain. Toward the end of the chapter, we see that even Moses needs to observe protocol. The mountain is covered in God's glory, seen as a cloud and fiery smoke. And Moses has to wait for six days until God calls him up. Moses is, well, what the Bible calls a mediator, a mediator or if you like a middleman you can't approach god directly so you approach the mediator someone who has an inside connection with god the priests in the temple were mediators they offered up sacrifices on behalf of the people you couldn't perform the sacrifices yourself only the priest could in fact only the high priest could perform the ultimate sacrifice On behalf of the whole nation once a year on the Day of Atonement. In each and every case, you had to go through a middle man. You couldn't approach God directly. So God invites Moses and these representatives to join him on the mountain. But what does he invite them to do? To pray, to bow down and worship, to confess their sins and offer sacrifices? No, he invites them to dinner to dinner now this is quite significant all throughout chapter 24 we see God calling his people into relationship or another word for this is fellowship with him he calls Moses but now he invites the elders as well there is sacrifice for sin the burnt offering but also the fellowship sacrifice the blood is sprinkled on the altar and offering to God but also on the people and offering on their behalf, cleansing them and making them acceptable before God. God is establishing a relationship with his people. And the climax of that relationship was a meal. (laughs) A meal. Moses and Aaron and his sons and the 70 elders ate and drank in the presence of God. One of the most significant things Jesus did before dying on the cross, was to have a meal with his friends. In fact, ever since, for the past 2,000 years, Christians all over the world continue to remember the sacrifice, the significance of that meal in what the Bible calls the Lord's Supper. And this is 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus. On the night he was betrayed, took bread... And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus was pointing to the cross. His death? was a sacrifice not unlike the sacrifice on the altar and his blood was the sign the guarantee of a new covenant Jesus was thinking of Exodus chapter 24 of Moses and the sprinkling of the blood and the meal with the 70 elders on the mountain of God but this was a new agreement that God was making It was an agreement sealed in Jesus' own blood. It was shared with Jesus' friends through through this meal. In Jesus, God became a man. And through Jesus, God ate and drank with us. Exodus chapter 24 is God's invitation to his people to enter into a relationship with him as their god and them as his people but the heart of the message is the gospel is god inviting us to enter into a better covenant a more lasting relationship with god through jesus christ he is the true sacrifice and he is the one and only mediator this is 1 timothy chapter 2 verse 5 for there is one god and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ, Jesus. Well, that's the article I wrote 10 years ago. Thank you for listening, and catch you in the next reading of the Daily Bible Reading Show. Thank you for watching. Take care, and God bless.